0: Hello, my loves. Welcome to Tea with Kings and Queens, the podcast where I chat to the most exciting performers from the world of drag, burlesque and cabaret. Now, after a short hiatus over the summer, I'm back and chatting to the wonderful drag queen, costume designer and podcaster, Kenzie Blackheart. Kenzie is an Essex-based performer who's been dazzling with digital performances and is now taking the stage in real life producing their own show, Hothouse Drag, as well as finding time to co-host the marvellous podcast, The Queen's Speak, alongside tea with Kings and Queens' favourite, Charcuterie. Today we chat about Pokemon, Gaga, Robot Wars and loads more. Enjoy! Today I'm thrilled to be back with a new episode and I'm chatting to the glitter, the grunge, the glamour. It's Kenzie Blackheart. Hello. Hello, Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's so good to chat to you. Do you have a black heart, Kenzie?
1: Um, No, I actually like to call myself like a gold-hearted bitch, if anything.
0: That's
1: lovely. So the the Blackheart name's a little bit uh, misleading, but you know.
0: Where did it come from?
1: So, well, there's actually two variations of this story um, the one I like to, to say is that it's because of my love for Joan Jett and her band mm. was called the Black Hearts um, which is true I absolutely love Joan Jett but I actually figured that out after the actual reason which was um, the Black Heart apple emoji <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved it and I was like trying to come up with a last name because Kenzie was like a, it's about like my third drag name and um when I was trying to come up with a last name for Kenzie, I was like, what sounds good? What sounds good? And I kept using this black heart emoji. I was like, Kenzie Blackheart. Oh, that's good. So <laughs> I'll works. go with that
0: and it fits as well I love your music taste you've already mentioned Joan Jett and you've used Radiohead before Um, I love all the music you use so it's all kind of a bit edgy isn't it a lot of your music taste yes very and a wee bit dark and indie which I approve of Um, anyway I flew into that because I was so excited to talk to you what we normally do is have a quick check in um, and just see how you're doing the last episode I did well, we were semi coming out of lockdown, but now mm. COVID is still with us, sadly. But uh, yeah. the world's sort of carrying on, isn't it? So you're out there performing again. What's that been like?
1: Yeah, um, it's oh, I absolutely love it. I mean, in a way, um, it's all kind of a bit of a new new reality for me because I wasn't overly booked as such um, before COVID. So yeah after after sort of lockdown I suppose I had that time there to um really focus on what I wanted to do you know get new stuff prepared so when it all eventually well lifted I won't say we've come out of it because we're not completely out of it yet but um yeah once things started to lift again it was sort of a case of um I go back to to something um a a guest I had on my own podcast said which was um so when we come out of lockdown everyone's on a bit of a level pegging yeah again and it's so true because now I'm sort of right now you can ride the ball by the horns and just go for it now which is so lovely and um yeah it's I absolutely love it I was sort of saying to um uh Lamar Lamond one of my uh very close drag sisters the other day that um you know I can't actually leave now this is my life <laughs> I'm sort of you know traveling around going to rehearsals and just you know I'm listening to music endlessly for the next show and it's like I can't actually leave this is my life now but I absolutely love it
0: it's brilliant I was going to ask you how your drags changed then but you're saying you're performing way more now than you did before lockdown happened were you just starting yes, out yeah
1: um no it's, it's also been a bit of a, a slow burn really um so I started dabbling in drag when I was around 14 um, and that was just entirely due to my love of Lady Gaga, nothing else. I just wanted to be her <laughs> and I didn't develop the the sort of, well, starting foundations of the character that would become Kenzie Blackheart um, until a few years later and then from there it was just, you know. Again, I couldn't really focus too much into it because of um, going through education, university, finding work. You know, I was working throughout university as well. Um, so it, it very much was just a thing on the side to do, you know, a bit of a, a canvas to throw ideas out. I like to like consider drag, really. Um, so, the, yeah, once lockdown happened, it was like, right, well, I've got nothing else to do. Let's focus back onto drag, really. So yeah, it's um, yeah, lockdown was good for me.
0: <laughs> That's good. I, I think it gave a lot of people some time just to think, kind of big things through. Exactly. Were you always a, a fan of drag? Oh, you said you're a fan of Lady Gaga, but were you a fan of drag too? Did you used to go to shows?
1: Um, not really. No, I. It's kind of weird because I, prior to to sort of, um, dabbling in it and. Uh, through my love of Lady Gaga and that, I I never actually had any connection to drag at all. Um, If anything, my sort of interests prior to drag were very, um, I suppose, sort of typical nerd male, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was very much into things like Pokemon, uh, the TV show, Robot Wars. um, Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, it was all sort of very much stuff like that. And then once I kind of started to discover drag, um, I, I discovered Drag Race many, a, a couple of years after even like dabbling in it. So I was like, oh, wow, OK, there's a whole bunch of people out there. And I didn't actually go to my first drag show until I was at university, which was so incredible. It was, um, I think my first one I ever went to was at the, the now closed uh, Black Cap in London, um, an event what, which was previously called the Meth Lab and it was to see uh, a wow, which was very lovely.
0: Wow, so you were dabbling kind of before you sort of saw drag in the mainstream. So was it mainly about like looking like Gaga or were you going on YouTube and looking at makeup tutorials, stuff like that? How did it work?
1: I I wasn't even really doing that to be honest. It was just um, like my first ever makeup kit was literal face paints from a child's party. my a very close friend of mine had brought me like a a, a five-pound costume wig. <laughs> but you know, it was all sort of a bit of a um a springboard into where I am today, which yeah. you know, humble beginnings and all of that. Um yeah, and uh, I don't know, it was just the thing about Gaga for me was that I think she mostly spoke to me uh because I was going through that sort of very, you know, the very confusing teenage years where you know, I, I was a bullied kid at school, so, you know, got those voices as well, coming to terms with my sexuality. Um, and then there was just this one voice out there that was just going, no, nope, you're okay to be a freak. I'm a freak. Look mm. what I'm wearing. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm singing about. And it was like, I love you for that. I, I'm now going to be obsessed with you for the rest of, for, for the next 10 years plus. <laughs> no. So...
0: Have you performed to Gaga's music as well?
1: Yes, yeah. Um, so I sort of used to, because I was an obsessive, I used to learn all the choreography as well because of dabbling in Gaga drag as well. Um, so yeah, I eventually got to to perform um, something which I'm, I like to call the Lady Gaga experience. Um, last year as part of South End On Sea's online virtual pride, which was so so much fun to do I absolutely loved it finally look I can do the choreography and everything yeah, yeah. which was so good um yeah I haven't had the uh the chance unfortunately yet to do it on a live stage um but as I said it's yet
0: yeah so, uh, there is
1: still there is still time
0: <laughs> and I've already seen the costumes the girl costumes that you've made that are on your Instagram already and costume making is something you're also known for um when did that start were you quite young
1: um it yeah to be honest it, again it was it all sort of linked in together um as I was dabbling with drag um I used to try my best to recreate Gaga's incredible costumes from you know cut up t-shirts from like Primark bits and pieces from Hobbycraft just hot gluing them all together um and that was sort of like that little initial spark. And um, thankfully I come from a family of sort of seamstresses and tailors. Um, my, my nan was an incredible seamstress. She, she sewed my mum and my aunt's wedding dresses. Um, my granddad was a tailor. My mum, you know, she was always on hand to show me different little, you know, get me started in sewing really. Mm. And um, yeah, it, from there it was just sort of you know I'd make the occasional costume thing because I did performing arts in college so I'd make little costume bits for that or help with the costuming and um, it eventually got to a point where sort of going from college to university it was like well I want to do performing arts but nowhere would have me so just very sort of feeling down about things and um, it was until one day I was my dad was driving me to go and apply for just some just some weight waiting job you know um which no offense to those that do the job but for me that wasn't for me you know I wanted to do other things you know I wanted to have more of a career rather than a job um and you know he was driving me now, and he was like well why don't you try out for fashion design you know go through clearing go try out for fashion design so I was like okay and, yeah, I managed to get into an incredible course uh, through the University of Essex, which was taught at South Essex College in South End. And, um, yeah, walked away with a very good grade in that. Um, managed to do a, a final collection, which was, you know, I had some incredible uh, drag talent involved in it. It was, it was really so much fun to do. I absolutely loved those years. I look back on them fondly.
0: Great. And did your final... Uh, exhibition then were they kind of drag costumes that Kenzie may have worn or was this sort of a bit broader
1: it was very much inspired by what I well the sort of stuff that I wanted to wear in drag at the time because you know my style was ever changing as everyone's is Mm. um but yeah it was um yeah I I believe back then I wanted to make like a rave festival collection so it was all that sort of stuff. yeah and so you know saying about is it stuff that Kenzie would wear I literally did wear one of the the outfits to uh Drag World in oh, London good. At one time I, to be fair I was gonna wear something else and it was like oh I don't think that will actually suit me so I just pulled this out and it was like oh I'll wear that it's fine
0: what was the Drag World experience like
1: oh it was incredible i missed those events mm. so much mm. um it's so weird to think that like the last one I got to go to was the RuPaul's drag con in London. Um, and that was January, 2020. And then a couple of months after (laughs) the whole world closed. It's so weird to think about, but yeah, no, there's, there's so much fun to go to. Um, I always go with my mum as well, which is so lovely. And Mm. she's so very warmly welcomed into the, uh, into the scene and by the, the other drag performers. Um, because obviously you don't you don't often get too many mother-son, you know, drag queen uh combos there. So yeah, it's a little bit unusual, but I think that's why we stand out a bit more and that's why she's so very warmly welcomed.
0: It's brilliant. And does she still help you design your costumes or give you tips? Um she's she's more
1: there for opinion nowadays. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> which is absolutely fine because you know, I'm very much a person who often needs reassurance of so I've got this idea do you think that would work um so yeah both her and my my dad are both always very good there for that sort of thing um but yeah no she's bless her she's I know that if I ever need the help she's always there for it um, which is very lovely
0: well talking about your costumes then so the first time I got to see you perform sadly it wasn't in real life it was during lockdown Um, Mm. it was the rule 63 drag pokemon show um which was the whole show was amazing but yours really stood out Uh, you were Mimi Q um and you did um a piece about the music was Radiohead uh Mm Creep can you talk to us a bit about that and how you put it together because that's an incredible costume and it was really emotional as well
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you um well wow, to, to say that I was a standout amongst that cast it on wow I'm like oh,
0: such a good show though as well wasn't even, it? even
1: afterwards the reaction I got to it I was like oh my god I, I can't actually believe this
0: I think you probably um, touched a nerve with a lot of people too because of the themes of yeah.
1: it yeah yeah which and you know the theme of it it really did come from a place deep down within me um you know to well to sort of backpedal a bit it was actually wasn't actually my first original plan. Um originally I wanted to do a routine as a ditto mm-hmm. um but being very sort of burlesque and like this is what happens at the daycare. Um, <laughs> just something like that, just a bit more ridiculous. But you know, as it got closer to the the deadline um I just thought well, right well I'm not gonna have time to sew all these ditto costumes and you know all these green screen effects and that so just keep it simple. So yeah, I went with the uh, the mimic concept, and I, I, I saw said about okay, so I'm going to change my idea to mimic you. And um, my dear sister charcuterie, who was also running the event, she said, "Oh my god, um, a, a mimic you routine to creep my Radiohead would be incredible." And I, that idea was in the back of my head anyway. So then when she said that, it was like, "There we go, that's what good we're old going shark. with." <laughs> yeah, good old of a previous guest as well. Yes, absolutely loved that episode. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it was, you know, the the costume itself was a lot of fun to sew. Um, I've never actually done anything with that much sort of um, structure. There was like a whole lot of armature wire for the ears. What and, was
0: it made from?
1: Um, so the actual uh, sort of fabric used was a, a scuba lycra. I love working with those wow. sorts of fabrics, and yeah, the uh, the ears are mounted onto the hood all through sort of. Um, armature wire which is very it, it's, it's very good stuff but it does get quite heavy um so you can probably tell if you look close enough in the video there's pins and that poking out through the uh no, the no, you can't, you can't. <laughs> but to be fair the character of Mimikyu it's very a bit disheveled which is okay you can sort of get away with it um yeah and then as I say it, it sort of tapped into something very deep in me because you know I'm very much a, a person who I do a lot of observing and as I said you know I've only just started to um to really perform and really get my name out there but before it I was like I really want to do that you know I'm looking at all these other performers and I'm like I really want to do what you're doing um yeah and it's that sort of dark place of not feeling like you're good enough mm. Um, which, you know, we we as creatives go through a lot, but, you know, I'm, I'm constantly someone who's my own worst critic, so I'm constantly trying to push myself. Um, yeah, and it was just those sort of demons that came to the surface, really. And even demons from very early on in years, like I said, I was, you know, bullied through school and that, um, and that sort of mask that you wear throughout those years, the mask you wear in your daily life, where, you know, you feel like you have to to... Um, comply to society standards all those sorts of different things it was all just those very deep you know inner emotions that um, just came forward in that routine so yeah I'm I'm very happy with how it came out.
0: What was the reaction like you said you had a lot of messages afterwards?
1: Oh my god it was insane (laughs) I had so many people like adding me to their like Instagram stories and DMing me and I, I'd I never had anything like that before I was honestly quite overwhelmed and emotional from it because any sort of thing that I do I put my heart and soul into it so to have it so well received was yeah it it was just incredible.
0: I think that was sort of the magic of digital drag wasn't it you can put stuff out there and So many more people can see it and appreciate it. I hope we don't lose that. As much as you can't beat seeing live drag, I think there's something quite separately special about digital. Um, Oh,
1: exactly. Did
0: you enjoy the process? Is it something you'd want to go back to maybe?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's quite nice because it's your sort of home comforts. Um, Mm. So, you know, when when you go to the venue, well, I have to. I have to like, okay, so I need air conditioning. I need fans and...
0: Are you a diva. You know, only,
1: <laughs> only because I'm a perfectionist, I don't want to go out on stage or sweaty. And I'm a very Fair sweaty enough. person. I hate to say it, um, <laughs> but you know when you're when you're doing these things at home, you can have as many fans on you as you want or as you've got, and um, you don't even have to wear shoes. Really, yeah, it's you just... can have a break. Exactly, have a cup you of tea. Can... Yeah, it's very lovely. Um, you know, I'm just performing in the hallway upstairs. You know, it's very weird. Um, But yeah, it's and I do love it for that. And also the fact that, um, as you said, it gets drag out into a much wider audience, even for those that maybe can't attend drag shows in person due to disability or illness, you know, things like that.
0: Also just location as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just something
0: that kind of basic, just, you know. I couldn't be jumping down to London every five minutes to see some of these Mm -hmm. shows. And I was seeing performers that I hadn't discovered before and discovering the Birmingham scene. And it it was just incredible.
1: Exactly. That's not even with drag. It's just with all performance. Cause you know, me and my, my family, my parents we're we're avid concert goers. We love all forms of live music. That's another thing that we've missed so much during Mm. lockdown. Um, and yeah, even during lockdown, you know, we was watching all of these different live streams and um, music gigs, theatre shows, comedy shows. There was so much going on, which was so lovely. And, you know, in in certain cases, it's things that we wouldn't have the chance to go and see or, um, you know, some theatre shows that may not be running anymore. Stuff like that, which was so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Now you're performing live, how have you found that process then? So you've sort of hinted that maybe you struggled with confidence before. What's mm-hmm. performing live given you?
1: To be fair, it wasn't, I don't think it was actually ever really confidence because I've always been, it, well, it has been a bit of confidence. It hasn't been. It's a bit weird because when I did performing arts in college, I was that person who, for some reason, our tutor loved a flash mob. don't ask me why she loved a flash mob (laughs) and I was that person who would start them off because I I had that confidence out of the class you know what
0: what did you have to do
1: just start dancing dancing. middle. dancing yeah just start dancing in the middle of public you know um music would come on I'd start dancing and then my classmates would join me afterwards but I had that confidence there to start it off um and then it was very weird because for so many years after I was you know I, I try and put myself out for these things but I just couldn't the nerves got the best of me and it wasn't until I finally did my first ever gig which was um as part of not another drag competition in London and I was absolutely fine even until the moment I was at the side of the stage it was like here we go and it's abs- it's been like that ever since um you know I suppose it's been a bit difficult recently because I recently became uh, came off my meds mm-hmm. um, for anxiety and depression. So obviously then I've got the whole spectrum of emotions going through me. And uh, yeah, the last gig I did, it was a bit difficult in the lead up because it was like, oh God, here we go. Here are all, here are all the emotions. Mm. But again, it wasn't until I was stood at the side of the stage and I was being introduced on that it was like, here we go. It's so weird.
0: There's something about... I don't know just being Kenzie I suppose just putting on that persona I suppose
1: suppose it's just the thing of right here we go there's no turning back
0: and this is what you're meant to be doing
1: exactly (laughs) (laughs) well I love to do it anyway yeah it's yeah if you love it it doesn't matter
0: so tell me about Hot House Drag then because you now have your own show in Essex
1: yes oh my god um genuinely so so blessed to have it really um yeah it was god it was um so it's all all sort of got rolling um after someone at work um they mentioned to me oh i've got this friend um who owns a venue um and they're looking at doing a drag night so i was like okay i'll you know give me their details i'll get in contact with them and got in contact with the venue and then it was one of those cases where you plan it for march it happens in july but eventually it did happen and um i was so lucky that the venue itself was they they was and they are absolutely incredible um it's not necessarily a lgbtq plus venue but they've so very inclusive Mm. um it was incredibly welcoming to me and my fellow drag performers and what they had to offer in terms of, of staging and uh the collaboration between performers and the venue it was so it was just perfect really and yeah the other thing that worked out really well was that by doing interviews with um BBC Radio Essex I'd met a number of the other performers who I wouldn't have had a chance to have met otherwise um and then when I got this thing going it was like oh okay who's interested in performing (laughs) and the rest was history you know they came along we all had an absolutely incredible time yeah um just genuinely so happy that I've been able to do it um it's one of the things I've been wanting to do forever and it's it's finally happening
0: What's the drag scene like in Essex? Is it, would you be able to describe it?
1: Um, I'd say it's very very typical British sort of cabaret, um, but that's on the surface. When you actually dig down deeper, there is a lot of variety among us, mm. um, but not a lot of those performers get the exposure as some others. <clears throat> so I really wanted Hothouse to be the full spectrum, not just certain parts. Um, so I'm always very careful of ensuring that we've got all forms of drag every show, you know, whether that be um, dependent on ethnicity, disability, your um, assigned birth, uh, assigned gender at birth, all those different things. Uh, I'd like to try and get each colour of the spectrum in mm. every show because that's what UK drag is, and Absolutely. that's what Essex drag is deep down.
0: Absolutely. And have you got performers um, travelling from different parts of the country too?
1: Yes. Um, so at our first show, we had um, an incredible performer, Doza Cat, who, perform- um, who drove in from, uh, I, f- I believe they're north-west London, um, which is a bit of a trek. To, yeah. to Essex <laughs> yes. um, especially on the M25 which if you don't <laughs> know fun. the M25 it's a hellhole. <laughs> um, yeah um, at our, one of our upcoming shows we've got an incredible performer traveling down from Sheffield um, to perform with us yeah um, it's primarily Essex because it's just a little bit easier you know in terms of uh, travel and all of that but
0: yeah
1: for for now the first few shows to have this sort of talent come in from around the uk i hope it continues because there's so many incredible performers out there that i would also love to bring on board
0: it's really exciting and and um, for anyone that's interested um have you got a website for that
1: um we've not got a website as such but we're all over social media we've got instagram facebook um even if you just type uh hothouse drag into google it'll come up with our different pages and also the um, official ticket listings for our upcoming events um, which is the easiest way rick gives you all the, the details
0: <laughs> nice you mentioned being on bbc radio um mm-hmm. you're a bit of like a, a go-to now when the bbc want to talk to a drag queen what's that process been like um do you feel pressure like speaking on behalf of the community or what's that like
1: i suppose speaking on the whole of the community yeah it's a bit of pressure but thankfully I'm not often alone
0: which is okay (laughs)
1: um especially if I've got Charcuterie with me because thank god she (laughs) is she's uh yeah she's definitely got way more knowledge than I have I'm just there to um throw in some snide comments for now and then well let's um, do a shout out
0: to Char because Char won competition last night Um, yes
1: yes she did so proud of her
0: yeah yeah which is really mega um being Winnie the Pooh on um... yeah
1: which yeah I, I just <laughs> so love what so she good. does me too um yeah but you know I in terms of public speaking and I've had no problem with it um you know I took like uh for some reason my school had this thing that they wanted to do where it was like okay every Friday kids must now take part in after school uh, enrichment things and one of the things I took part in was public speaking.
0: Sounds terrifying <laughs> <laughs> I would have found that terrifying.
1: Yeah I mean it was a bit weird at first but you know after a while it's, it's so weird I've got no problem with public speaking at all mm. um, even at university uh, we had to do like a, a presentation of our collections and for that assignment I got 98% Nice. which was insane for my presentation the only thing that prevented me from those final two percent was the fact that i had notes with me
0: <laughs> that's outrageous
1: i know couldn't they have I just know. given
0: you a hundred
1: you'd think so wouldn't you yeah but, uh, i suppose they can't let me uh, get too big-headed i suppose i'll keep me humble
0: so, yeah, you're happy being on the BBC. Well, this leads smoothly into your fabulous podcast that you do with Charcuterie, uh, The Queen mm-hmm. Speak, that I must mention that I'm a massive fan of. Um, you've got some brilliant guests on there every week, great um, drag performers of all varieties, which I fully embrace, um, which I love. I love the interviews, but I also love the episodes where it's just you two having an utter. I have to say. Mm. Um, they're just really chilled and nice to listen to. And I wonder what's that process been like for you is it something you'd had in the pipeline for a while or was this kind of a lockdown project for you both?
1: It was literally an entirely uh, a lockdown project for us um, so we first started working together just for the fun of it um, doing a, a little web series called The Tut Um, because we we're both fans of The Masked the Mar- Singer UK <laughs> so both of us were just like Uh, you know we're talking about it let's make a bit of a web series about it Um, just for the a bit of fun really they had nothing else to do it was in lockdown you know and um, the idea from the podcast came really from excuse me after we did um, one episode we just started talking amongst ourselves and sorry I think there's a lawnmower going on (laughs) outside
0: don't worry I can't hear it I can't hear
1: okay, it at cool. all don't worry um yeah um how dare we they just started talking amongst ourselves and after you know doing that bit of filming and that I just thought that'd be quite a good podcast and so once we finished um The Tart Up we sort of gave it a few weeks you know just to rec- like rest and I was like do you want to start a podcast so I was like yeah go for it <laughs> go on then and uh, yeah, we, we started a podcast which was just originally going to be us talking us and nonsense. Um, and then we got our first guest on, which was an uh, incredible Mark Antony mm. um, to talk about, because we had a, a viewer submitted question uh, regarding um, trans issues. So we wanted to get a, a, a trans voice on to answer it and talk about their experience to help the person. Um, yeah, and from there, it's just we've had more guests on and it's just been absolutely incredible to do so much fun. I absolutely love doing it.
0: Are you going to keep going though, even though lockdown is. uh,
1: Yes. Yeah, we are, we are going to keep going. It's, it's a bit difficult now um, because.
0: It's more of a challenge.
1: (laughs) It's yeah. Trying to pin each other down to do the episodes. is a bit difficult now, but um, yeah, I think we'll just keep going really until it, gets to the point where we absolutely can't because one of us just yeah. can't commit to it but for now well, thankfully we can so yeah it's uh it's going to be going on
0: the last episode is divina decampo which is uh yes. really great so if you haven't <clears throat> listened to that yet I'd, I'd really recommend it what was it like chatting to someone who's been through that kind of experience <laughs> of uh, the drag race I guess, i'm guessing we're talking about drag
1: race yeah, yeah. <laughs> um do you know what? It was It was just like talking to any other drag performer. It was so lovely. Davina's mm-hmm. very, very down to earth, even though we're talking to her about, oh, how's rehearsals for Chicago going? Yeah, and Stuff like yeah. that, you know. But even through all of that, she was so down to earth, which was very lovely. Um, yeah, and, and funny enough, it wasn't actually a little bit of insider tea, but it wasn't actually either of us that initially contacted her it was actually my mum
0: It's <laughs> brilliant
1: <laughs> yeah I told you my mum's very much supportive and involved I'm and, gonna um... get
0: on that then I'm getting my yes. mum
1: <laughs> yes get mama blackheart involved yeah she, uh, <laughs> she's a very good booking agent um <laughs> oh, yeah she just contacted me when I was at work one day she's like oh guess who I've booked for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> Being been near the camp I was like okay <laughs> both so a little bit nervous because it was like oh god we've got our first rue girl you know how's this gonna go
0: and no it's but just no different
1: <laughs> no not at all Davina was just so so very lovely and yeah it was it was such a good episode to do
0: um talking of Drag Race UK you've got um something on your insta stories where you did the Drag Race UK play along where you talk about the costumes you would have done for each runway which is great um now for your Snatch Game you said you'd do David Bowie Mm -hmm. is that true do you do an impression
1: um to be fair I I don't credit myself as much of an impressionist (laughs) what Um,
0: would you do
1: (laughs) well my impression (laughs) of David Bowie is very much just sort of up in like the Cockney a bit Um, because that's what I think about like David Bowie just very typical British Um,
0: I think we probably would have loved it just that kind of
1: twang um, in terms of the persona you know well David Bowie's been around the block a bit ain't he I mean there's a book out there David Bowie turned me gay who ain't David Bowie slept with so you know he's he's gonna have all these wild stories about crazy nights with Grace Jones and Elizabeth Hurley and (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, set. that's the
0: sort of thing. Set. <laughs> so you've thought all this through are you going I'm, to be doing are you going to be doing playing along again for the next season
1: hopefully yeah I mean yeah it's quite fun to do and uh, just sort of submit what I would have done really so yeah I'll, nice. uh, yeah I'll happily play along again
0: um Now, in homage to your fantastic podcast, Mm -hmm. there is a segment in the Queen's Speak that's called Culture Broth. Um, Yes. For anyone who hasn't heard it yet, can you just explain what that is about?
1: Um, So Culture Broth is, um, I won't say a a rip-off of um, Inside the Axis Studio, but it's very (laughs) much inspired. And it's just some um, very ordinary run-of-the-mill questions that not all of our guests wouldn't initially get asked Um, and it's just good to sort of ask them these questions and get a sense for their personality and as we like to say create the 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 broth the soup that is their personality
0: I love it well I wondered if just as a as it's such a special occasion if you would be willing to do a, a culture broth segment with me today Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, to. All right, now, to, to get these questions, I'm going to be honest, um, I found them by Googling thought provoking questions. Okay. So it's a bit of a mix, but yeah. um, are you ready? Let, should we just dive in? Let's dive yep, in. Let's just go for it. To our own culture broth. Who do you sometimes compare yourself to?
1: Um, I most compare myself to those around me or who are also on the drag scene um I know I shouldn't Mm. because no one else can do you apart from you but yeah I'm very as I said I'm very very much one of those person people who's very observant I like to watch and see what everyone else is doing and then unfortunately I get in my head space of oh uh, that's very good you know why aren't why can't I do that (laughs)
0: Am I allowed to ask follow-up questions in Culture Broth that didn't check the rules? Yes, of course. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, so how do you stop that? I think Instagram is a, a great place, and also a terrible place for comparison. Mm. How do you deal Amen. with that?
1: Um, just remembering that what you do and what you can bring to the table, some people can't. Um, and, you know, I've, I've got a lot of other skills that I need to remind myself of and things that I've accomplished and talents that I got and excuse me that's that cup of tea. Um <laughs> yeah. it's fine. No, Honestly I've got the re- reputation of being the gassy queen on the queen's feet so it's no problem. <laughs> um yeah so just sort of taking a step back and reminding yourself of what you can do um, and to just not compare yourself in that sense to other people mm. it's um it's very important and um the other thing as well that I I'm very strict with is that everything I follow on social media especially with Instagram I follow because I like their their content what they're creating yeah and all that sort of thing I, I'm not a fan of following people just because oh he's hot you know i'm not a fan of doing that because then it just gets in your headspace and that's how the body dysmorphia starts to worsen and all those sorts of things so i think it's very important to be very selective with what you follow
0: are you ready for this one
1: yes of course
0: what harsh truths do you prefer to ignore
1: oh wow what harsh truths
0: there may not be any
1: Uh, the harsh truth that i spend too much money on drag (laughs) fair enough (laughs) most of my paycheck goes on it but you know
0: (laughs) i guess that just comes with the job doesn't it
1: absolutely it's i mean it's the most expensive hobby job whatever ever i mean to be fair, I've, I, I don't exactly have a knack for choosing cheap hobbies because before this, my other hobby was robot combat. And those things cost like £2,000 each. Tell, so. tell me about
0: that. Stop right there. Tell me about <laughs> robot combat.
1: So, yeah. Um,
0: like Robot Wars? It,
1: yes, yes. Yes. So in my teen years, um, me and my dad, we used to build and uh, fight robots like in Robot Wars. That's which was so much fun but yeah again those things are bloody expensive. Yeah. So.
0: And when they go in a battle they can get smashed to pieces. Well, you're yeah, going exactly. in I mean, to get smashed up.
1: Yeah, at least with drag, you know, it, it, you get to see it for the full 5 minutes and then it goes off stage and it's still in one piece whereas with Hopefully. That, it, well, yeah, and, well it depends what type of act you're doing if there's uh, any liquids or food or that involved but um Yeah, but with the robot combat it's like right, here it goes. And it comes again in a bin bag well in some cases
0: did you name your robots
1: yes yep um our most successful one we had was called hunter
0: brilliant
1: um which was a bit of a homage like suppose to um my biological last name which is hunt so yeah just went from there really
0: nice so this is tournaments then
1: um not so much tournaments, no, it's just for fun, really. Just like meets there are there are plenty of tournaments out there, but um yeah, the ones we went to were like meets and that and just <sighs> just for fun, really.
0: I wanna see drag meeting robot wars. I think the I... two <sighs>
1: Yeah, that's got to be done. I do have a genuine idea in my mind uh, I would love to do of, like, a Robot Wars themed drag show. (sighs) Yes. I've got ideas for costumes of, you know, you could do looks as, like, Hypnodisc and Matilda and Deator. (laughs) I've got all these looks and that in mind, but it's like... Who would come to a Robot Wars themed drag show? Me.
0: Me, Oh, I know. There's an audience for it. There absolutely is an audience for it.
1: If if you would come to a Robot Wars themed drag show, comment below.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let us know. I think the overlap between, like, nerd culture and drag culture, there's a bigger overlap than I first realised. It's
1: very prevalent, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Like, the Pokemon show showed me that because I was like, oh, my God these mm. two worlds are colliding and I'm so happy about it so um yeah I'm excited about that great god who knew that that answer is gonna come out <laughs> of that question
1: um, I'm full of I'm full of surprises I
0: love it uh, why do we dream
1: oh well why do we I'm dream I'm sorry for these um no that's I do you know what I absolutely love it okay <laughs> I okay. love it um I mean, well, the scientific answer is that we dream to process everything that we went throughout, throughout the day, but that's not why True. we're here. Um, <laughs> but that said, I'm a very spiritual person and um, I, I believe and I have experienced that dreams can foretell um, future events and mm-hmm. um, our deepest feelings. Yeah, those sorts of things as well. It's, it's a very spiritual thing as well, I think, dreaming.
0: Does it give you a bit of an indicator about kind of how you're doing mentally because certainly my anxiety dreams kind of went through the roof and it made oh, me think um, ah
1: yeah yeah the worst the worst ones i've had were um that i can remember vividly were um back in the uni days when i was getting ready for my final collection um because i was going to walk the runway as well at this at this final oh. show so you know just add to the pressure why, why not? not you know <laughs> and um yeah i can remember having so many dreams where it was like okay i'm on the catwalk and the model ahead of me is is going further ahead out, and I'm trying to catch up, but I can't quite catch up. Oh. And everyone's looking at me. And yeah, I think it was just a case of feeling anxious that I'm maybe not um keeping up to the rest of my my students that I'm with. You know, I want to get the best grades and I'm not keeping up. So it was all that sort of anxiety. But
0: how did the catwalk the actually go on the day?
1: It was um it shaped out to be a disaster at first oh. because literally the morning of I had two models pull out I had the uh it was the the hairstylist had to pull out <laughs> all in the morning as I'm getting ready to go um but I tell you what the people that were around me that day they pulled through for me mm-hmm. and they was pulling in favors and doing whatever they could you know even if they weren't ha- hairstylists they brought in whatever they could to help and yeah it turned out so incredible in the end
0: what were you wearing on the catwalk
1: I wore which I later wore to um drag world um uh it was a a pair of like holographic short dungarees and a a sort of mesh t-shirt which was a very sort of geometric print on it
0: oh it sounds delightful
1: it was lovely. I do like it.
0: <laughs> do you still wear it now? Have you still got it? Yeah, I've
1: still got it in my nice. uh my archive. Oh, lovely. <laughs> a, that makes me sound very fancy, but it's just the end of
0: the rail where I keep the uh, <laughs> older stuff. I've I've got one of those, but <laughs> yeah. I'll hey, to this one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> just yeah. gonna put it in a cupboard. Um mm-hmm. okay, our next culture broth question. Where does your self-worth come from?
1: So I think your self-worth is for me it's in what I can create and what I put out but it will but it's also how it makes others feel and how I make others feel um I I'm not a person who ever wants to be malicious or make others feel bad or put anyone down I, I never want to do anything like that so for me my self-worth comes from you know being nice to others being kind and um how my my art through my drag and everything else makes others feel whether it's you know whether they feel seen whether they feel happy joyful um yeah that's that's why i think
0: and do you think humans will last another 1000 years
1: so i honestly think that humans will last but I think that in a thousand years time, we're going to look a hell of a lot different than we do now. Mm. Um, it's just evolution at play, you know,
0: Yeah.
1: we've, even, even if you consider um, through generations, you know, looking at things like um, our height today, you know, we're a lot taller now than our ancestors, even just a few decades ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that's another sign of evolution happening, you know, that we're, becoming taller and you know so there's going to be other changes i think
0: god what's um, drag going to look like in a thousand years
1: that'd be interesting wouldn't it yeah oh yeah oh no that that is fault-provoking i mean maybe, maybe the big hair will just be a genetic thing you know we won't have to yeah. wear wigs it'll just be a genetic yes genetic component
0: yes <laughs> that'll <laughs> be make so much easier and cheaper yeah yes okay last culture broth culture that's hard to say my last culture broth special (laughs) question is what can you do today that you were not capable of doing a year ago
1: um well a year ago I wasn't able to do anything because there was a lockdown (laughs) Um,
0: yeah I did think that was (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: Um, but I suppose really it's having a, a more concise view of what it is I want to do in terms of my drag and also in my life and where I want to go and what I want to do and yeah just those sorts of things a lot more focused yeah, yeah. That be my answer. a lot yeah. more focused
0: thank you I enjoyed that I may steal it as a segment but I'm going to call it something else <laughs>
1: that's fine we won't write a cease and desist we'll let you off
0: oh thanks well <laughs> you've kind of approved it now so I can go ahead and do it in the future that's
1: fine no problem <laughs>
0: um it's been gorgeous talking to you um i could chat to you all day thank you so much for all the amazing art that you've been putting out particularly through lockdown um it helped thank me you. loads and i'm sure it helped lots of other people too and your podcast um what's next for you then you're, you're out there in the world where can we see you next and where can we find you
1: uh so coming up next uh i'll be performing at uh the next Hot House drag show which is on the first of september uh you can get your tickets through the official website of Hotbox Live, Chelmsford, uh, all the information that will be on there. Yeah, and just a few other gigs coming up, which I, I'm not sure I can actually disclose much at the at the time of recording, but yeah, just okay. keep an eye on my socials. And...
0: So we'll hit you up on your Instagram, yes, which is just uh, Kenzie Blackheart.
1: Yep. Yeah, so my Instagram is Kenzie.Blackheart. And yeah, um, I'm on Facebook as well as Kenzie Blackheart. Those are my main outlets for social media
0: fantastic thank you but well, i can't wait to see you live super soon
1: thank you yes please come along and we'll uh, yeah i'll give you a big hug and then i'll go out on stage and <laughs> dance
0: oh marvellous thank you so much
1: no thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute delight
0: hi again it's carly thanks so much for listening to the show if you want to find out more or get in touch head over to teawithkingsandqueens.com.